What was his hands? Uh, it's hard to get under 190, much less to 55 again. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. Do you, do you, if you had to fight, like, I mean, you're told not to fight at 170 now. Oh, my God, dude. Can you imagine if I fought at 170? I mean, not, okay, if I was an amateur, yeah, I'd fight at 170. Yeah. I have a good record, man. I mean, like, as yeah. a pro, the only thing I could do is, like, do what they do through Shamrock and just try to sell a bunch of tickets to have some bum fight me. But if I don't do that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, bro, Jesse Finney's catching heat back to back with Joaquin's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this one, like, I'm gonna have to get, uh, I'm gonna have to get him on one day. Jesse Finney, oh, good luck, bro. A, I think a bunch I'm definitely a downgrade there. in regards to who you just had on your podcast. By the way, I'm I mean, sure you got a lot more views off him than you're gonna get off me. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because mm-hmm. I had a YouTuber on. Before that, and I got more views off the YouTuber. Just that because. actually makes sense. Yeah, yeah. we used to uh, actually. Funny enough, when I cornered Joaquin, we were in Chicago, and we met the guy from Fight Tips. You okay. know, and Joaquin like fanboyed all over <laughs> that dude. He's just like, "Oh, it's so cool to meet you," and I was just like, "I don't care at all." Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. As hell, uh, so let's get it started off. Welcome back to the Kickback Launch Podcast. My name's Drew Young. Got my co-host in the building today, Max Trillion. Yes, sir. One and only. And then we got a special guest in the building, Eric Steenberg, a.k.a. Steel Mountain. Steel Mountain. <laughs> a.k.a. Striking Viking. Exactly, exactly. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Good. Pretty good. How are you doing? Not bad. Not too bad. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get into it. I want to ask you, um, how did you get interested in like combat sports? Um. <clears throat> Well, originally I started doing uh, karate at the YMCA, of all things, when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of pushed me towards it initially. And then after that, I did um, some, like, point tournaments. Like, think Karate Kid, you know? Yeah. But, like, not exactly. Which, which Karate um, Kid? The first one or the second one? Uh, you remember the end of the first one? The very, very, like, first one that was, like, 1980s? Mm-hmm. And they're all, uh, you know, the crane kick, all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it was kind of like that, but uh, a lot more like protective gear. So mm-hmm. have you ever seen like Taekwondo? Oh, like no. so right. it's very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, did a little bit of that, and then um, I, I don't know. It, it's not fr- frankly. I, I think it's great for kids, but like once you start getting a little bit older, I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah. There are guys that have done really, really well in other combat sports, having done that first. Karate. Uh, well, that that style, that like point okay. uh, tournament stuff. Um, MVP is a good example of that, mm-hmm. right? He's, he was like a, um, I don't even remember. He's done that like five or six times. Like he's a world champion in that. Oh, um, so it's, it's useful, but, um, I think it's more useful for children. And then I kind of got out of that and I was like, I told my dad, I was like, you know, I actually want to box. And, um, so my dad kind of helped me <clears throat> get introduced to a guy that he worked with. And, uh, I started training with him and it was super off and on. So, mm-hmm. um, it was just spotty and, then eventually I got into a gym gym on my own, um, and that's when I really started training. And that was like boxing, kickboxing originally. Yeah. Did that for a while. Had a pretty bad injury that kind of prevented me from being able to do that for a bit. Um, and that's kind of what got me to jiu-jitsu, because when I came into that, I was like, oh, I can just lay on my back. I don't have to be up on my, my leg, because I've broken <laughs> my shin bone. Really? And um, yeah, that wasn't from fighting. It was from being stupid, to yeah. be honest with you. Just doing some dumb shit. Yeah, I just jumped off something. So how old were you when you were doing all this stuff, when you started, like, around what age? Um, 
I mean, I probably started. I probably started in boxing like thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Is there a fighter um, you saw, or what era? What era of boxing was that? So we used to watch. Uh, so I remember watching Tommy Tommy Morrison against. Um, Oh, uh, George Foreman. Okay, that's yeah. kind of like one of the first ones that I really remember. Um, but like the Tysons, that stuff. My dad used to, I mean, not too often. They were really expensive because even back then, <clears throat> they were like, I want to say they were like seventy, sixty dollars. Like you know what I'm saying? Pay per views, which yeah, is yeah. like still not cheap now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, you'd have Mike Tyson come out and knock somebody out in thirty seconds. That was a whole thing. It's yeah. not like it is now. So now it's like. Even these boxing ones where you pay for the pay-per-view, they have like a card. Yeah. You know, it's like MMA actually really changed that in a lot of ways. Like a lot of people don't know that, but like early MMA <clears throat> to compete with these like big boxing events was just like, we'll just show all of these fights. Mm -hmm. And early boxing uh, just didn't do that. It was just like, who's the main guy? And that's all we care, that's all we care about. So they only had like the main event on mm -hmm. there? Yeah, you imagine paying for that nowadays? Yeah. You imagine. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's Tyson, you know. Like yeah, yeah, I mean, I get that. But, like, at the same time, it's one of these things where it's just a lot of money to have. I mean, people were wanting their money back. Um, I mean, specifically on a specific fight, I think you came out knocked the guy out in 30 seconds. People were like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, But you kind of knew what you were paying for in that scenario. Yeah, so that kind of uh, inspired you. Were you trying to, like, imitate? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I was always trying to be slick. You know, um, I didn't really, I don't think I really had like a specific person that I was trying to imitate too much when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, really, imitation started coming when I really got into MMA. That's where I really started feeling it. Cause like as a teenager, I know like all, it's weird, but I talk to like most young guys or teenagers, they have like some guy they're clearly into. I'll, I'll give you an example. So like every time, <clears throat> could be, um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, like every single time I've had guys uh, like five years ago coming to the gym, they were like a young, white, 22-year-old kid. They're all just out there like Conor McGregor style. Oh, yeah, like yeah. every single one of them, like every single one of them. And it's very clear like why you came to the gym. You know, it's like you saw Conor McGregor and now you want to fight, you know. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I didn't feel like that when I switched over to MMA that's when I started being like, okay, I see guys. I felt like it was more necessary in MMA too, because there's so like at that time it was so specific. Like it was, it was still very like, you're really good at one thing and then you're okay at something else. And you're probably terrible at the third thing. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so I, I saw guys and I go, okay, I can, I can kind of copy that and I could see how that would work for me. Yeah. You know? What kind of, what kind of like, MMA fights were going on. Was it still like the uh, Gracie era or what kind of era was that? So uh, Gracie was like 93. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, that was a little bit before me. I was 10 and 93. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I know I'm old. I can see no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just like, damn. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, w I was kind of like right when Chuck Liddell was like really popular. Okay. It's kind of how I would describe it. Um, in fact, actually, I'll give you an example. I was I already had MMA fights before Chuck Liddell got the belt the first time. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. So when was your first MMA debut? Um, I think I was 19. 19? 18, 19. I don't remember. Um, I'm really bad with stuff like that, to be honest with you. I was out of high school, but I was not out of high school for very long. So you were like 18. like, for, like mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, just remember, guys, I repeated... Ten grade, so I was. I repeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I repeated tenth grade because I was not stupid. I was being stupid. If yeah, that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Poor decision making. Poor decision making for sure. 
A lot of people, yeah. you know, throughout yeah. the high school, like yeah. I did it. I'm yeah. sure you oh did. God, I skipped so many days of school. <laughs> <laughs> Tenth grade, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like skipping out to. Oh, I would sleep shit. in my car. Yeah. Like I didn't give a shit. Like I would just, like, yeah, I would just walk in and walk out the other side. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have an, like a nice car. I wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like a Land Rover or something. You know yeah. what I mean? It was a, what was it? It was a cop car. It was a ninety. Impala. It was a Crown Vic. Yeah, it was oh, a shit. white crown Vic. With like, it was a white crown Vic with broken springs, and it floated like a like a uh, a couch down the street. You know yeah. what I mean? So back then. this thing, they, they used to uh, let you leave campus back then. No, uh, no, you just snuck out the back door. That's oh, really? how you get out of that one. Yeah, so I had to come in the front, go through security, security guards, all that stuff. Man, where'd you go to um, fucking school, bro? I went to Cleveland High School. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, it's closed now. It was on an episode of Abandoned, if you guys ever want to see it, by the <laughs> oh, way. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a guy of Vice. It's like another Vice show on HBO. But yeah, it's an episode of Abandoned. Nice. They do the uh, episode in uh, St. Louis for schools. Yeah. Because we have the most abandoned schools in the uh, United States per uh, square yeah, mile. Really? Yeah, I didn't we know did if you knew that or not. No, yeah, but uh, my school Fun is... Guys. Yeah, well, it's uh, my, my, my school at the time... Um, had a lot of people in it, but yeah, it was slowly closing down. You could tell by the time I got there. But yeah, you would come in the front, security guard, go out the back, leave. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like today, uh, I graduated. Lumberg, oh, well, both did, and we could leave whenever you know during lunch. That's so crazy. But I'm now, like, yeah. well, we're not supposed to. But yeah, like, you're not supposed to. You could leave. Yeah, <laughs> but like you're not allowed to leave. Yeah, but uh, yeah. that's different. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now they have like a big gate on the whole school. Nobody can leave. They just a, have a giant, like, fence. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Like, you have a yeah, fence. But yeah, but that's also because, like, I mean, school shooters and shit, like... I don't feel like any threats, but, like, to me, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't necessary. Yeah. But I just think... That's Lemberg has a lot of money, so they're like, shit. Mm. Why not? We'll just, we'll just fence them in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> them in. Control so them You, you yeah. get in this education, we need those tax yeah. dollars. That's super funny. Yeah. Uh, now that yeah, that's definitely like I would not want to be in high school now with like the threat of that shit. I mean, there's always been threats of like kids going crazy, but uh, that stuff started getting popular even when I was in school. To yeah, be honest yeah. with you, like we had bomb threats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was big back then, <laughs> like bombings and stuff. I'm yeah. sure it's gone like, up the since then. Right? I would have to imagine. Yeah, I would think that that is more of a threat now. I don't know if it's more of a threat. I think it's just more common that people know about it, maybe. That's you true. know what I mean? So yeah, social media and everything. Yeah, news and so forth. Yeah. yeah, so let's see. So you get into MMA. Uh, how many amateur fights did you have? Um, nine. Nine? Amateur, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nine yeah. and no, right? You were nine and no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he was finishing your reply. Yeah. yeah. So so how would what would you say... Is like indicators that let people or let an amateur fighter know he should become pro. Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing that people don't focus on, and I'm getting too close to this, I can hear me popping it. Sorry, that's my phone. Um, I think one of the biggest things is mental maturity. Uh, I think that's the big thing. I've met a lot of guys <clears throat> who are extremely, extremely talented, and then um, you know they go out there and you know can I cuss on this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, they shit the bed, frankly. And that's a, a pro. Uh, well, even as maybe an amateur, okay. you know, um, they're not you even know, set pressure, right? Yeah. They're just, it just crack, you know, mm-hmm. it's just that simple. Uh, fighting is a weird sport because unlike a lot of other sports, most sports are team sports, right? There's very few individualistic sports out there. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, you have a couple, you know, tennis is an example. Um, you could say gymnastics, basically things of Try. that nature, you know, sort of wrestling, thing. so forth. 
but you know, really um, track is uh, yeah as well. But like for the most, even track, not like so much team. because there's a group. Well, it's also a group. It's not the same thing. It's not everybody just watching you or just yeah. watching you and another person. Okay, you know, a track there's like ten, you know however many people will say ten. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. There's yeah. there's so many people going, whereas you know an MMA. Um, or fighting of any sort, they're just watching you, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, unlike a lot of those other sports, they're also watching you to to see one of you get, you know, fucked up. Frankly, right. you know what I mean. Like, every, I mean, you know, people. Uh, it, I would describe like if there's five fights on a card, you know what I mean, and you're gonna watch all five of those. I mean, you're basically looking for, you know, most people would look for knockout, knockout, war. You know what I mean? Maybe a sub, and then maybe another war. So they're looking for like finishes and like violence you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and um so that's a lot to cope with because you know that that person wants to do that to you and then going out there and having the pressure of oh i sold all these tickets and oh my family's here and oh that girl that is super hot that i'm into is here you know what i mean it's like it's all of these things and then you got to be able to go you got to kind of shut that door you know you got to be able to like close that door and be like fuck all that that none of that matters to me the only thing I'm interested in is is myself, yeah. and that's why it's a very selfish sport. And that's frankly why I think a lot of guys who are a little more on that selfish side. If you think of like a John Jones type, there's a reason that mindset <clears throat> works so well, and right. the reason that mindset works so well is because he, I don't believe, cares about anybody mm-hmm. other than himself. <laughs> and while that makes you a shitty human being, it right. can make you a really good fighter because mm-hmm. you can turn everything else off. You know, you're just like. Mm. So I don't know. It's the same thing. Like they, what do they say? CEOs, like a lot of CEOs have like psychopathic brains. They're mm-hmm. just not killing people. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's the same thing in fighting. I think you kind of have to have, um, I mean, I know I, I certainly do. I think you have to have a slight lack of empathy, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you have to have an ability to like turn that off, yeah. you know? So um, do you see as a coach, like <laughs> I'm going to ask you two things. Do you see guys with like that you can tell don't have the mindset for it? And like, what does make the mindset? Um, yeah. So, I, I, yes, definitely. I, you know, one of the ones is um, you can't be too much either direction. Meaning, basically, like you can't get the guy who's like hyper over aggressive. <laughs> um, those guys burn out really fast. You know, um, you also can't get like the super nice guy. Um, I'm sure Max has ran into this before, but you go and train with somebody. <clears throat> he does everything really good. If it's like you know jujitsu. He's killing guys. It's wrestling. He's killing guys. You know, sparring. He's super technical. Then when you actually like start picking it up and go hard, there's this point where it's like he's doing great. He's doing great. He's doing great. And then all of a sudden he's just breaking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I find that like really, again, I'm not trying to describe fighters as assholes because they're not. I just think you know you got to have an ability to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think if you're if you're not and you don't have that trigger in you. Um, I find it very difficult to make that. That's why usually when I take somebody, you know, I have somebody who's new, let's say, and they're coming in and, you know, they're hitting pads or something and just ripping everything on pads. Um, And they're like, man, I just have a hard time stopping that. Like, I'd rather that a little bit Mm -hmm. than the other direction where it's like I have to, like, constantly be prodding you to to be, you know, to to, to go, you know. Um, and, And it's just... Part of being coaches is messing with people's, uh, you know, psychology, right? Mm-hmm. You're just playing this game of like, what do I need to do? So like, me and Max, I think are pretty similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I, ha- yeah. So I have, I when I fought, I didn't have a problem with my trigger. Mm-hmm. Like I was very aggressive. 
the problem was the opposite. Like I had to pull myself away. I had to be like, okay, relax. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't need to, because it wasn't an issue of me feeling like I was going to go out there and not fight too hard. It was the issue that I would think I was going to fight way too hard mm -hmm. and do stupid things. And um, so that's why, you know, when I coach Max, you know, I'm in his corner, I'm like, let's just calm down. Let's just be loose, that kind of stuff. Some guys are the opposite. Some guys are like, you know, let's fucking go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck this guy. He's not your friend. He wants to knock you out. Like, go out there. You know, he's going after your family. He's going after whatever. Mm -hmm. You just got to get him hyped up a certain way. Yeah. So. Like, um, one of my problems is, like, I get hyped up really fucking quick. Mm, like, dude, same. just fucking just, hit, just shake me a couple of times. I'm like, oh, fucking go. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. So, like, I have to be reminded. I was like, calm down, Max. Calm down. You know, just touch, 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 move. That's what he did in my last fight, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we're in the back, just like Max, dude. You're you already hit hard as fuck. You don't have the power, put any power into it, you know. Just touch it, just move, just create yeah. angles, you know. Just just constantly just moving and just relax, just get in a flow state, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's my last fight. That's what I was focusing on, just like relaxing, just relax, just move, you know, just touch him. Like, yeah. if, well, here's the thing. I'm a lot. Of, I know I'm faster than the guy. Technically, I'm I'm just all around better than the guy, you know. Uh, he might be a little big, bigger than me, but I am physically strong than, than my like what my size is, you know. So I was like, this dude has nothing on me, so there's no reason for me to be like putting myself in it or putting myself uh, pressure on top of me, you know. There's no reason because I'm I'm better than him every single position. Only way can I, he can get into my head. Only way he can get better ahead of me is if he gets into my head, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, that's not gonna happen. So like, I just like relax. It freaked me out a little bit because this part this fight. Um, I was the calmest I've ever been. Like, like it's like it wasn't fearless. I was more like um, emotionally, yeah, emotionless yeah. state. Like, yeah. like I was like, if it hits me, it hits me. I don't give a fuck. Like you know, like mm. I'm like, am I gonna let him hit him? No, but I'm gonna fucking move and you know. But that's the best attitude to have. You know what I mean? It's like. Um you almost want to get to the point where you feel the same as like how you feel on like hard sparring days. It's like, you're not looking, you know, you're like, I obviously I don't want to get cracked. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you're just like, I'm probably going to get hit hard once or twice, but I'm also going to be hitting guys hard today. And you just kind of accept it. And, um, I think those are the days that kind of day and being able to mirror that day onto a fight night is pretty much perfect for, you know, most people. Mm -hmm. And again, you, you run into different stuff. You know, I had another kid <clears throat> had a kickboxing match. Um, you know, recently, um, I, you know, I have to play constant psychological tricks on him all the time to get him to do things correctly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, you know, as much as I don't like having to do it, it's like <laughs> one of the things that makes you a good coach, in my opinion, isn't just the technical aspect, which I think I'm good at as well, but it is literally figuring out how do I make this person do what I want them to do, uh, you know, up to the best of their ability, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that could be a million things, you know, some, some people it's, you know, I had a, I had another person who had a, uh, a kickboxing match and some people it's like, Hey, this person's not your friend. They're, they're not your sparring partner. Treat them like, you know, you're trying to hurt them. You know, um, some people it's the opposite. Some people it's, you know, I had a guy <coughs> did a boxing a long time ago. Um, way too aggressive, always too aggressive, blows his load on everything. Everything is as hard as he can jams his punches. And I'm just like totally the opposite, you know, Hey, calm down, pull back. You know, stay at range, wait on him, stop overreacting, you know, so forth. So it's just, you know, playing with things. And, and luckily there's like not as many variations of people as people think. You know what I mean? For mm -hmm. the most part, they basically fall into one, cat one category or the other. Too aggressive, not aggressive enough. Yeah. And you just got to figure out what triggers them to be whatever direction you need them to go. Yeah, so this is interesting. <clears throat> uh, do you think like 
a person's <clears throat> background plays into it, or like I guess where they come from, how they yeah, absolutely, grow up. no, yeah. absolutely, the psychology, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, no doubt, yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, if you, I mean, let's just be real, you know, like boxing is an example, has been the. Uh, the, the the safe haven, if you will, for for uh, or the sport, if you will, for for the downtrodden and poor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there's kind of a reason for that. You know, um, I think combat sports in general. I mean, you look at most of these guys. I mean, <clears throat> you know, George St. Pierre was a trash collector at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not <laughs> wasn't super well off. You know, uh, I, I just don't I think it's hard. Was it Mar- Marvin Hagler? I think said something like it's hard to be a warrior when you sleep on silk sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's true. You know, it's, it's his example was more once you make a lot of money, it becomes difficult to keep pushing yourself to, to do things that are difficult. No um, drive for you anymore. have no drive. Why yeah. would you? Right. You know, this Too is why you see a lot of, you know, Kelly Plavix is a good example of this. He's a boxer, but he, um, <clears throat> you know, poor kid. I think he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, you know, <laughs> poor white kid in a black neighborhood. And uh, he, you know, grew up, became a world champion boxer. Um, man, what did, who did he beat? I can't remember right now. It's driving me crazy. He was an Olympic. Uh, the guy was an Olympic uh, gold medalist, I think. And uh, beat him, became world champion. I think defended his belt like uh, once or twice. And then just yeah. fell off like super fast. Well, alcohol, drugs, you know, distractions, this, yeah. yeah, you know, party lifestyle, all these different things. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's hard, you know, once like, like, Here's the thing: like a lot of kids that get, oh, like a lot of the kids, but like people that get into fighting, they have chaotic childhoods. You know, like it's not, it's not 100%. peaceful. You know, so they don't really have a choice. Like this is something they grew up with, then they don't have nothing. They come come from a poor, you know, poor families and stuff. And when they do finally become something like a good fighter, a big name, um, dude, they can't handle that pressure. You know, like it's. All the li- the party life, the alcohol, the I girls, think, the money, it's yeah. hard, you know? I think some of it, too, is just that it's, it's, it's not even, like, the pressure. It's it's the... Distractions. Finally. Finally, I have these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's that feeling of, like, I haven't got... I, I was, you know, you know, whatever. I, I was beaten up as a kid. Life sucked. Everything sucked. I'm in my 20s, and now women adore me. Yeah. You know, there's money. You know, I keep hitting the table. I can hear that. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Uh, you know, women adore me, money's coming in. Um, you know, I'm on social media, you know, I have, attention. you know, uh, yeah, the tension, I, you yeah. know, you know, hundred K followers on, you know, Instagram, like mm-hmm. people like the stupidest things I post, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be like, you know, good day today and you get 10,000 likes, right. you know, it's just like, you know, you're just getting this like aff- this affirmation, just pray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. And because you're getting this all the time, it, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to go. Okay. Now I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to grind out two hours of working out, you know, with a super hard wrestling practice followed by a bunch of pad work. And it's mm-hmm. just like, that's hard to do, you know? Yeah. And um, I think that's the number one reason a lot of people fall off and, and have trouble. Yeah. You know, I, like I think look at Connor punching old best man example, in the fucking best example in the yeah. world. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, plumber's not a bad job, but he was a plumber. You know, I think he was a plumber's apprentice. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, goes into MMA, superstar. In the UK, um, you know, comes over to the States, you know, becomes a superstar super fast. You know what I mean? Um, You know, two belt champ. I think he was the first one. Um, You know, there's a lot of accomplishments. And then as soon as that hit, he has the Mayweather fight. Well, you know, the Mayweather fight, he makes, if I recall, it was something like $100 million off that fight. Um, That's just from the money. That's just different, man. That's just different. You know, like, that's like, that's, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm no longer, you know, 
I wouldn't say I was ever really poor, poor, but you know what I'm saying? We're, we're lower middle class and you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I'm doing okay for myself. I can't even imagine that kind of money. That's, that's a crazy amount of money. And, um, yeah, that's going to change your viewpoints on everything. I mean, at a certain point you just go, why am I doing this? You know, why am I getting hit in the face anymore? I don't really need to, you know, my brain's, you know, (laughs) becoming, you know, uh, jello and, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be I think it'd be really hard. So it's always impressive to me, even with guys like Mayweather and stuff like that. As much as of a guy as a person, I don't think he's a very good person. Um, to just keep that grind, you know, to right. keep that like want to keep you know doing it. Now, do I think he was like that at the la- most recent like last five plus seven plus years? Yeah. No, but prior to that, like yeah. I mean, he really grinded out. He had a lot of money. I also think he's done with his money, so he probably just needs Needed to buy it, it to some extent. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so getting into like talking about like coaching, getting guys in the right space. Uh, so how how do you get guys right mentally? Mm-hmm. And like, have you ever, or what was like the learning process of that? Like, oh, I failed a bunch yeah. of that. Yeah. So to be honest with you, like probably the hardest thing for me learning was how to deal with people because I actually, frankly, don't think I deal with people really that well. Um, I've gotten a lot better at that over the years. In my twenties, I was definitely. I mean, you can ask a lot of people who've known me for a long time. I've uh, personality changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Max has known me for a long time. Um, I used to be a an asshole. asshole. Yeah. I used to be an yeah, asshole. asshole yeah. Um, you know, and I and I, I don't think I've, I don't think it's gone entirely. I mean, I definitely had my times. You know, I definitely yelled at somebody Wednesday night. You know, it's like, you know, Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. It, it. I think if you're a coach, you have to be a bit of an asshole, straight up. I don't think there's any way around it. You're never gonna get like these like. That, that can come off as a very calm, like, hey, look, we need to sit down. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And at the end of the day, some people are going to appreciate you sitting them down and having that conversation with them. And some of those people are going to be like, fuck you. I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know, not everybody's going to agree with you. And I'm not always 100% right. I'm usually right, but I'm not 100% right. And, um, yeah, I just think, you know, coaching people is part mentor part being a dick you know yeah. it's kind of you know drill sergeant and also you know uncle so yeah you gotta find that happy medium like i think i think you're good at it eric in my opinion um, Thank you. like i don't know you, like you communicate with people like a lot better than like an average person can because you can go in depth and de- detail what they're doing wrong what they're doing right you know uh I, that's that's I, th- I think that's why you're like Better uh, for me at least. You're like one of the best coaches I had. Thank like, you. You can break that's it. It's a huge compliment. Break it down. You can break it down. You know what's lacking. You know what I need to pick up on. So you do this, 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 this. You know. That's what I like about it. Yeah. By you. I, I think the other thing is too like, <clears throat> like I was a not. I, I, I wouldn't say I was wasn't athletic. I was I was athletic, but I was never a super athlete, right? And I had to contend with people who were very athletic and. Um, and so I think that makes you technical, right? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the guy that you really want to learn from isn't the guy who, you know, this is why I say don't ever have heavyweight, uh, um, heavyweights as uh, coaches, you know? And I, I don't mean that across the board, <laughs> but I, I just don't think that heavyweights generally make good coaches. And the reason is, is like, you know, a heavyweight boxer teaching you something, you know, a six foot five, 250 pound heavyweight boxer yeah. teaching somebody who's fighting 170 pounds you know, it, it's it's just a lot less technical what they're showing you in most cases because they never they they're always at the top of the list. You know, they're they're getting away with certain things. Again, it's like <clears throat> can Tyson like Tyson Fury is a good example. He's six foot nine. He's almost three hundred pounds. Um, 
you know, and then he's like moves super, super well and loose and, you know, and just very fluid. Do you, do you really think he can like teach that to a guy who's, you know, five foot eight and 150 pounds? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Right. Whereas you take somebody who's smaller <clears throat> and he has to contend. That's it, For me, it's always the middleweight groups, by the way, it, even at a really low end, too. Like, I, I wouldn't really want to have like a, a what is it, the straw weights, I think, in boxing mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I can't even remember. They have too many weight classes. Anyways, <laughs> outside of that, the, uh, you know, there's guys that fight, you know, in the Olympics at uh, right around 115 pounds. And it's like, that's great. But like, you're not you're not teaching. I, I'm sure you have really good technique, but at a certain point, too, like you have to contend with like almost no knockout power. So to me, it's always these, these middle groups, you know, if you wanted to do it in MMA terms for me personally, you know, basically you have to be about 135 pounds um, to probably 185 much past that. I think you're just getting into um, kind of the, the ends of it, if you will, you're dealing with certain things that are at 125. They're so fast. They're so quick. They're so they're, they move so much more, that and they have so much less knockout power for the most part that I don't think a lot of their technique transitions to somebody who's like 155 pounds and vice versa. I think when you're taking, you know, Nagano is not going to be coaching somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it, you know, it, it's, it, it's, too, too, too it's just far too far apart. apart. From, yeah, it's just yeah. too much on the ends, right? Yeah. I mean, the majority of your people. I mean, it's it's a curve, right? It's like the majority of people fall in that middle. Right. And um, so the, for the most part, you want those middleweights to be coaches. It makes sense. And um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, like I said earlier, I think you want to have your coach be somewhere in those weight classes and also some somewhat um, not that athletic. I think if you're taking <clears throat> it's why I would rather be coached by Bernard Hopkins than Roy Jones Jr. OK. As an example. Um, I think Bernard Hopkins is still very athletic. Obviously, he fought. He was boxing when he was forty-seven. He was still a world champion. Yeah. Um, I think that's because of other reasons. But uh, <laughs> but that being said, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, Roy Jones Jr. was always a fast twitch, open guard. You know, everything's just you know like reactionary stuff. Does he do some things technical? Sure, but he does a lot of things that aren't very technical. And you can kind of see that because the second that he started losing his speed and losing his reflexes, he started getting knocked out by guys. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Bernard Hopkins you know, has a really hard guard to deal with. He's really sneaky. He does like a lot of little technical things mm-hmm. that are really hard to deal with. He also fights a little dirty, which I also think tends to be a little technical, frankly. Um, but, you know, he's a good example of what I'm talking about. It's like his, his, his longevity was much longer um, just because of that reason. Yeah. So. What do you think uh, the best style is in MMA? Are we talking about like just one martial art? Or are we just talking about like a style in general, like the point I to would, somebody? Yeah, I would say a style in general because like, if we're talking uh, just like martial art, I feel like a lot of people would say the best base to have is wrestling. Absolutely, I yeah. would agree. Yeah, as a non wrestler, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to point towards somebody. I mean, the it, to me, it's still the boxer wrestler is probably the easiest one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and the reason's this. Um. <clears throat> just look at all the champions, right? The majority of the champions fall into boxer wrestler basically right mm-hmm. um you know you kind of go up the line you know you got like uh currently i'm gonna say these guys names terrible because i'm the worst at saying names uh usman as an example yeah. uh you know boxer wrestler you know when was last i mean usman kicks here and there yeah you know but what like six, six he's yeah. like the ideal <laughs> ideal version <laughs> of a boxer wrestler but you sure. know but before him tyron woodley boxer wrestler before him um i mean uh champion was robbie lawler i believe um yeah, at yeah. that point uh, basically a boxer wrestler. I mean, he's more of a boxer, but like, you know, stopping takedowns. Um, even your guys that got, um, 
what is his name? I always forget his name. Oh, uh, it was the same weight class, but it was right before him. He was champion. Um, it was, um, when I say Riggs, it's not Riggs. Anyways, this is a guy that everybody uh, that beat that everybody thinks beat George St. Pierre, and George St. Pierre won that fight. Remember okay. that one? But even George St. Pierre, boxer, oh, wrestler. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want to go to George St. Pierre again. What does he use? A lot of jabs, a lot of jabs. He does some kicks, but his kicks are more like touch. You know, yeah. like he wasn't, he's got a head kick knockout, or basically a head kick knockout on Matt Hughes. But, um, you know, most of his kicks, leg kicks, that yeah. kind of stuff. And they're basically to set up Superman punches to go into takedowns. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he wasn't like a super heavy jujitsu guy. It's not like these guys are getting a lot of subs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's just one weight class. But you can kind of go down the line of that. Yeah. Um, uh, one, do you think that's why Glover Teixeira beat uh, Jan Blachowicz? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Probably I think, yeah, yeah I, I just think like um, Jan's good on the ground. Yeah. Jan's really good on the ground. Um, uh, sure, know, it's just not, better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. just, there's levels. Yeah. But um, but honestly, it's just a matter of two. It, it, again, you know, we can play this game all day of like, oh, if you're good at jujitsu, you could be on your back or on top, and it's just as equal. That's not true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just just frankly, top position is always better. Um, so even if your skill level is exactly the same, if I get on top of you, I'm probably going to I'm going to be having more uh, advantage in most cases. Um, especially when you start getting it. I mean, if we're talking pure gi, maybe not as much, right? Because you got more grips, you have things to mess with. But like, if we're talking no gi MMA gloves on, topside for sure is better. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't matter if your bottom game is just as good as, as my top game. I can still punch you. You know, we're sweating. You just just can't do anything. I mean, the grips aren't there. Like your control is less, you know, I can grind my, I can grind more. Um, you know, so even if they were equal on the ground, what separated them? Well, the wrestling, right. Mm Uh, you got to share his ability to kind of like come in and hit and hit and kind of dip side to side. And it's hard to tell when he's going for a takedown. It's hard to tell when he's going to hit. And that's what caught him. If I recall, you know, it's been a minute since I've seen that fight, but I believe he dipped in and like kind of cracked him, right? And then that's kind of what started the whole, I, the whole I, thing. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, it's been a minute. I, I I remember watching it when it happened, but yeah. that's already been... Dude, I watched so many fights. I know like, that. You know what I mean? Some days it's hard to remember them all. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, how often are you like uh, coaching guys or like going uh, to fights? <laughs> all the time. Um, <clears throat> I Here's a good way to put it. Uh, when I go to fights, even in other states, I still know the... Um, State Athletic Commission people. Yeah. That gives you an idea. Uh, the last, last time I went to a state that I didn't know, actually, the people there was Arkansas with you. Yeah, because well, I just had no. Yeah, I know. But uh, <laughs> prior to that, I mean, if I'm in Kansas or Illinois or Missouri, I, I pretty much know all of the, uh, the State Athletic Commission just mm-hmm. because I'm at so many of them. I mean, last month, I think it was last month, we'll say over the last two months, I think... Uh, Six of my weekends had fights back to yeah. back too. Three I of them, three of them back to back. Yeah, yeah. So how important is uh, like networking when you're out there? Uh, um, it's important to network with promoters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Um, you know, state athletic guys are great, but it doesn't right. matter really if they know me or don't. Right. Um, the hmm. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is just the promoters. Just making sure that you're in like generally good terms with the promoters. Um. You know, I, I'm not like one of these guys who's like really big on like, frankly, you know, getting on my knees and like, you know, praising them. But, uh, you know, some of these, well, some of the, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I right. You, mean, yeah. you know, like some of these guys, 
They think they're the shit because they want a promotion. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck you, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're renting out a goddamn, you know, hotel. Good right. for you. You know what I'm saying? It's, or, you know, or you, you whatever. You know, it, most of the, and when I say this, you know, if any promoters are watching this, most of you guys are pretty nice guys. I actually don't have a lot of problems with most of you guys. Some of you guys are fucking assholes, though. Mm-hmm. The ones that are bad are really bad, you know? Yeah. Um, they, they do it for the money. You know, they do it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, uh, I know some good good promoters, though. Like, they take care of their fighters, you know, if, like, like I- IKF tournament I did, right? Like, there you go. I, um, I did that, and I got injured, right? Shout out to Chad Mueller. Yeah, Real shout nice out to Chad, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they take care of me. Like, I didn't have insurance. That It was, you know, they, they paid for the whole process of me going to the hospital, which mm-hmm. is, like, not not cheap, you know, like, right. probably 600, 700 bucks getting stitches and like they take care of the whole process you know like and they kept in touch with me like hey man what's going on is your everything you know then i had a bill then i called them about they're like hey man if there's an issue here here's a number to call just talk to them if there's an issue give me a call back Mm -hmm. you know that's a great promoter like you know but you'll run to some promoters that are like you fight for them you they fill out bullshit paperwork they're like hey i take it to this right and you try to give them a call back if the people won't even go through you know, then yeah. you have to pay out of pocket. They won't, they won't take care of you at all. As a, mm-hmm. you know, for the, their fighters, they don't care. They just want to want you to fight at that moment. They're your friend at that moment. Then they're like, then you're they're like, oh, you're done. You go get the fuck out of here. You know? Yeah. That's like. Yeah. So what else would you guys say uh, makes a good promoter besides like taking care of the fighters? <clears throat> uh, organization's a big one. Um, you know, you go to and again, it, it, honestly, to me, the biggest thing is is literally what Max was talking about a second ago. Just not shady contracts, not shady stuff. And this becomes a little bit less of an issue with amateurs initially, but with pros, it definitely becomes an issue. You know, I know promoters, um, I know fighters, I should say, who have had uh, issues with promoters where, Mm -hmm. you know, these promoters are taking more than they said they would or more than was agreed upon, things like that, right? And they're arguing over, you know, $200, $300. I mean, it's just like, what are we doing, man? Like, are you really going to, like, burn a bridge with somebody who could go on to be uh, you know a, a top level guy just so you can get an extra 200 bucks really like you know it, it's just at a certain point it's like just cut your losses and just say well that's here's a good example let's say i sign you up for a fight <clears throat> you fight you come to me where's my 600 bucks i go we agreed on 500 dollars, and you go no no we agreed on 600 and i can show you the contract and i go hey man this is 500 bucks you're like that's not what i understood we were going to sign i'd be like all right fine I will give you the $600 this time, but hey, next time, I'm going to show you it, and then that's what we're agreeing on. It's just easier to do something like that. It's not a big difference in money here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, a lot of these guys, I know guys, like I said, who have been screwed over for 100 200 300 400 bucks, like small sums of money, yeah. <laughs> small sums of money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not talking about crazy sums of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I had to spend more than that on my truck recently. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just, you know... Look, I get five hundred bucks is not a lot is is a lot of money for most people, but just for context, guys, people who who promote generally have really good incomes to begin with. So we're not talking about people who are poor. Right. You know, you're not getting some guy <clears throat> who's making fifty k a year who's making a promotion in most cases, right? You're talking about guys who are like making probably well over a hundred k a year, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, most of them, and so you know, a hundred extra dollars here and there just to kind of grease wheels, like makes more sense than just like burning people constantly. Yeah. Um, but you know, it could be a lot of things. Um, you know, some promoters, 
again, like the guy in Arkansas we went to, really nice guy, yeah, set nice. everything up, set everything up really well. Mm-hmm. When we were like, hey man, we have uh, four people, can we have two rooms? He's like, yeah, I'll say what I can do. Got the extra room, no problem. Yeah. Um, very accommodating, everything was great. You know, it was no problems at all. He made sure we were good, you know, try to have us back down. Unfortunately, it just kind of didn't work out, but yeah. um, you know, he's a good example. You know, great mentor, great mentor. Like, yeah, so yeah. was very friendly, understanding. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's Joe. Supply stuff. Yeah, yeah Joe. It was Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, supplied the things we need, you know, for the most part. You know, it, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a new promotion. So, you know, there's certain things like, um, wow. you yeah. know, that was his first one, I think. I, I think it was his first or second. Yeah, I think it was the first They one. just changed their name to yeah, Northwest yeah. Fighting Alliance. Oh, so. that's a better yeah. name. I like mm-hmm. that more. Yeah, that's what Jay. Yeah, I think it was Beatdown or whatever it was. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Jay Street Fights. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Beatdown. I think it was Beatdown or something. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, supplying, you know, supplying things, certain things. And it's funny because it depends, like, on what it is. Like, I've been, you go to some of these promotions and it's, like, top-tier stuff. And then they don't have, like, basic things, yeah. you know. Um, you know, I'm not going to call any specific out because I do want to put my guys on certain fights. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I've been to ones where we're in, like, stadiums and they don't have mats in back to warm up on. Yeah, that's And crazy. I'm just, like... <laughs> I'm like you have this huge location you're you're you have a pay-per-view you have all these things and then like we don't even have like a mat to warm up on and mm-hmm. then like stuff like i've been at one I'll, I'll give you another good one right we were at a big promotion and they did not supply gloves to the amateur fighters what i'm not kidding i'll tell you about which one it is afterwards i'm not gonna bring it up yeah, yeah. but they didn't supply gloves to the the amateur fighters yeah. and so, i was just like so they're okay. supposed to bring their own gloves? Yeah. And that's no, already thank you. That's already this face right there, man. Because, yeah. like, think about that, right? Like, what could you do to your own that's gloves? That's a safety yeah. issue, bro. That's a huge safety issue. And then the thing is, like, the only gloves that we had was from another promotion that we had got because yeah. it just happened to be with us. Yeah. And then we put those on there, like, well, you can't use ones from other promotions. And it's like, motherfucker, then why didn't you give us gloves? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, at a yeah. certain point, it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. So. Do you think in boxing it's easier to tamper with gloves? No, no, I think no. it's harder. It's harder, harder, yeah, harder, harder, dude. Yeah, yeah, they got to get. They have, I believe they have to watch you wrap your hands. Yeah, and they have yeah. to wrap you. Have to yeah. sign it. And again, it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about like amateur boxing, mm-hmm. not a serious. Probably point. about the same. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, they hand out the glove to you. They they put it on. They tape it, so forth. So you know, not as much. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it just depends. I, you know, most most you know most MMA promotions, um, give you the gloves and then get the gloves back from you. Yeah for obvious reasons you know what i mean as much as i love the idea of like you know i've kept a lot of mma gloves throughout the years from fights i had because they were like oh yeah we just get them you know sponsored to us for free so just take them oh that's great but you know what what stops me from just sliding a metal bar into my you know what i'm saying (laughs) you know you know and and so to me it's like i don't know in boxing they don't they take the gloves in most cases in kickboxing they take the gloves in most cases most mma fights they take the gloves and i and i tend to think that you should just because like it just is going to be less inclined to tamper with stuff. Right. You know? Now, you might get the question, well, why would an amateur tamper with his gloves? And I think if you think like that, then you have no idea right. how crazy people who fight are. Yeah, especially <laughs> amateur level. There's some amateurs out there. It's more likely an amateur level than pro level, in my opinion. I, I would say you're probably true. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, amateur level, a lot of people that fight, they wouldn't be a... Uh, Instagram big, famous. Yeah, big fish in a small pond, basically. Yep. Yeah. You know? They mm-hmm. want the attention. They want to win. 
yeah. whatever it takes to want to win. They don't yeah. care about the guys. They're, they're not. They're not caring about money. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> most you don't of, get paid as amateur. Yeah. You you, you kind of do, but you don't. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's usually through like ticket sales. Sponsors. It's usually through sponsors. It's usually through. Um, yeah, those are big too, but you know what I mean? For the most part, those are the ways you do it. You might do like other like weird stuff, like show yeah. up at something and somebody pays you to be there yeah. if you're really cool, you know? Um, but there's not a lot of guys like that. And um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's ticket sales for the average guy. Yeah. You know? So uh, back to coaching for a minute. Sure. Um, so how is it, how important is it, would you say, to have a coach that's a former fighter? It helps a lot. I think it's a necessity. Um I, what do I, I always like to say, fighting is not an X's and O's sport, right? I don't know if you know what the term is, but yeah. if you've ever played like football yeah, or, yeah. or basketball or anything, I, I do not think that you necessarily have to have played basketball to be a good basketball coach. I don't think you have to have played soccer. I don't think you have to play hockey, all these different things. I think you maybe need to have dabbled in it a little bit, but yeah. I, I don't think you need to have like done it, done it. Um, fighting is not like that. There's too much nuance. You know, there's too many things. There's psychology. There's so many things that you cannot explain to somebody unless you've gone through it. It's kind of like um, if I went to the Marines and my drill instructor had, had not been like in combat and yeah. was telling me about combat training, I'm going to be like, you know what I mean? Um, I just don't think it's quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the most part, I, I, like I said, I think in team sports, you can kind of get away with the idea of more of like the general strategy is more important than the individual. But the problem is that a combat sport like that, it is the individual. That is the only thing that matters. Um, and so you can't, you know, be like, well, just do a Kimura if you've not, <laughs> you don't know how to do a Kimura. Right. You know, you're not going to be able to like really explain all the nuance on a jab or a cross if you haven't done it. Now, do I think you have to do it in an exceptionally high level? Not necessarily. <clears throat> you know, I, there's some really good coaches out there that I don't think are uh, ever really were like, top, 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 like, level guys. Mm-hmm. But I do think it helps. And I think, you know, frankly, <clears throat> you can see it because if you look at, you know, combat sports in general, who ends up being the best coaches overall? Like, I mean, you just like, start going down the line. To, like great uh, fighters, like, usually. Yeah, like great fighters <clears throat> or former fighters of yeah. some sort. Rasahari is always a guy I go to. I'm a huge fan of him. He actually commented on one of my comments one time. Hey, cool. <laughs> yeah. um, he has no idea who I am. But yeah. anyways, um, <clears throat> But he's a good example where it's like he he did, uh, I believe he did Muay Thai and like kickboxing, mm-hmm. got a black belt in jiu-jitsu, um, has a very good understanding of wrestling, trains all the time himself. And, uh, you know, now was he like some, plur, uh, you know, super high level uh, MMA fighter? No. But I do think that um, he has a lot of actual uh, understanding and work with people and also experience to be a really good coach, um, you know. You can even look at somebody like John Donaher, you know, who's like kind of renowned for like not competing. If I if I'm correct, I'm not as big on the jujitsu scene, but um, <clears throat> but that being said, you know, he rolls with guys regularly. He's doing it regularly. Does that make sense? You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not like he's on the sideline. He's just a fat guy, and he's yeah. just like, okay, well now throw a jab. You know, it's like, like it's not uh, quite the same thing. Most football you know? coaches. That's what I was getting at. You yeah. know, and um, you know, Tyson Fury even is a good example. Like his dad former professional boxer that yeah. was his main coach his next coach after that um i believe was emmanuel stewart i'm way more knowledgeable in boxing by the way um <laughs> emmanuel stewart was probably the best heavyweight coach of all time he was also a former fighter himself he coached the klitschko brothers he coached uh, uh lewis he coached a bunch of guys right he has more heavyweight championship belts 
as a coach than anybody who's ever lived. He's actually, in my opinion, probably one of the best coaches in boxing of all time. Mm. But he was a former fighter himself. But he wasn't a renowned high-level, super high-level guy. Yeah. But he did it. And, um, right. you know, I just think it's across the board. I mean, even when I look at someone like James Krause currently in Kansas City, mm-hmm. as an example, I would say at this point he's kind of a former fighter. Who knows? He might come out of retirement. Yeah. But he's really Hopefully. built that whole thing up. <laughs> um, you know, he's kind of built that whole place up as an example. And he's got a lot of guys coming out of there. But again, he was a former fighter. Um, you know, just keep going down the line. I mean, you know, the only guys that you can even kind of, well, even even then, you know, Jackson, Winklejohn, you know, yeah. they kind of had a bunch of guys. But, you know, um, uh, Greg Jackson wrestled, from what I understand, in college. I could be wrong. Um, you know, has a jiu-jitsu background. Yeah. Um, Winklejohn, former professional kickboxer. Yeah. You know, and that, those are the coaches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've so. seen uh, Khabib coaching and then... Uh, Hell, Justin a- Poirier, AKA, AKA is a good example. I mean, all their guys, right? Um, oh, the Hispanic guy, the main Hispanic guy is the coach there. I can't think of his uh, name right now. Um, I know he's on what. Anyways, I, I, from what I understand, a uh, former boxer, mm-hmm. uh, again, did it, has done some stuff with it, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the, it, all of these guys have some background in it. It's yeah. very rare you run into a coach who's, you know, you're just like, well, what's your specialty? Well, um, <laughs> you know, uh, fitness, yeah. you know, let's say. You know, and even in those scenarios, most of the time those guys are, you know, just there for what they're better at. You know, you get guys like, well, I'm good at strength and conditioning. It's like, okay, what do you do with them? Strength and conditioning. You mm-hmm. know, you know, what are you, his dietitian at strength and conditioning? You know, it's like that's where they go. They're not the guy who's teaching them, you know, jujitsu. Right. So, um, so what are your emotions when you're coaching, like from the day you hear that, like, a fight is made for one of your fighters? How do you mean? Like, uh, what's the emotional roller coaster like for you? For me, um, it's kind of a slow build. Um, initially, there's no emotion to it. I might watch like a, if I watch like a couple of videos or something like that on a guy, I might kind of be like, I can see you know this and this, or I can see things I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you get um, the initial like nervousness, like oh, I hope he does well. Coaching's hard, you know, and it meant I, I would say coaching is really emotionally and mentally hard, mm-hmm. just because. Um, as much as you don't want it to, you know, I own a gym as an example. Um, you know, it reflects on the gym. Shout out. I, yeah. Yes, MMA. Yes, MMA guys. Yeah. Come on out. Free classes. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, you know, as much as you don't like it, it reflects on the gym um, when people don't do well. And it reflects on the gym when people do well. And it could be your, it could have been your fault or not your fault in both scenarios. Like I could have not coached any, somebody well at all, right? You know, not that I do that, but not, you know, I could have coached somebody badly for a fight and they still win the fight just because they're a stud. Yeah. Um, I could also coach somebody like amazingly for a fight and they just mentally break or something. Yes, shit the bed, man. (laughs) Frankly, that happens, you know, and I can't do that much about it. And that is incredibly frustrating at times because Mm -hmm. when I'm, you know, again, I, I fought, um, you know, when you think, man, it would just be so much nicer if I could be out there. Like when I see some of the guys that I, you know, that I know are, are really, really good <clears throat> or, you know, vice versa. And all I can think is like, man, if I was out there just crush this kid, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It wouldn't be a problem at all. And, <laughs> and you know, and it's like yeah. in, in your head, you're just like, <laughs> it's just frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so frustrating. And, um, but you can't show any of that. You know, your yeah. job as a coach is to always kind of be removed from the situation as much as you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't be emotional about it. It's kind of like um, if you had a surgeon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a surgeon, let's say, and I'm going to get something done on like, um, you know, I've had surgery on me, but let's say I've had to have surgery somewhere in like my actual torso that could kill me. Yeah. You know, um, 
and my surgeon colleague was in. There's two of them. One comes in and he goes, I'm the best surgeon here. We're going to get this um, appendix out of you. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be super quick. I'm really good. I do like 20 of these a day. I'm, yeah. I'm awesome. Right. Second surgeon comes in and he's like, he's like, well, uh, you know, you seem like a really nice guy. <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, not you, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'll take the, I'll take the, the confident guy. yeah, I'll take the confident guy and I'll also take the guy who's just like, now nah, you're going to be fine. You're good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Barely cares, but he's removed. It's not that he barely cares, but he's removed from the situation. You. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's removed enough to have that like ability to really have the views that are necessary. And I think when you're a coach, it's very easy to get like this real like tight focus mm-hmm. on what you're doing to the point where you can't see the the overarching things that are going on. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard. I mean, in the moment, you're you're closer than you'd like to be. Yeah. You know, personally, my favorite way to coach ever, if I could, would be have like one of those USC monitors that shows the fight from the camera. Yeah. And then you could just hear me. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Because then I can really get a good shot of what's happening. You know, I'm looking, um, you were in the corner for the most part. Yeah. You're looking at a bad angle, right? You're starting from this angle. You're looking yeah. up. You're seeing more leg and feet than anything. You know, and you have to kind of decipher what's happening yeah. at this odd angle that's not, like, great. And then you have to, you know, you have to be simultaneously, like, coaching in such a way that's simple. You can't overcomplicate things. You yeah. know, I can't be, you know, with Max, you know, yelling out, like, extremely complicated stuff in the middle mm-hmm. of a fight. And then the worst thing is, like, usually what ends up happening is, like, as one guy does better or, or, or worse, yeah. um, it gets super loud. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's harder to hear me, so forth, so I have to be yelling. And it's just, it, you know, and that raises your emotion and everything's, like, you know, tense. And it's, like, while that's all going on, you basically have to have this almost, like, um, neutered emotion to the whole thing where it's yeah. just it's just not you're just not there like you have to kind of remove yourself from it and that's very hard because it's funny because like you know max right after he fought he's like oh i feel so good yeah right after he fought i'm just like fuck you know what i'm saying yeah. like you're just Adrenaline tense like because i don't get to crazy. i don't get to get it out of me you know yeah. what i'm saying like there's no like i don't get to hit that dude in his face i yeah. don't get to you know what i'm saying so i get all that build up and like nothing you know it's like a non-finished hand job you know it's just like <laughs> the, yeah, <you laughs> so, so what do you what do you do what do you do after to release that pressure <laughs> no, no, like, 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 what's your like usually after a fight? You know, I, I, I've been there. Like, I, you know, like stress. You, yeah, when you're watching yeah. somebody, you yeah, know, yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's got his methods. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I smoke so, a little weed, frankly, yeah. guys. But uh, yeah, that usually helps. Um, usually, I mean, what? It, it's just a couple hours. Well, you, you know, kind of. I, you know, I walk around a lot. That helps. It kind of burns some of that off. It's also relaxing and like, you know, just telling yourself, you're like, oh, today was a good day, like things stuff. But at the end of the day, it's hard because you do go home and you have like that tension, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, it, it just keeps you up and yeah. it, whether you like it or not. And again, that's why it's like you need to remove yourself from it as much as possible for your coach, like being an emotional coach. And I mean, I have this problem. I know I have this problem. I'm sure people see me in the corner and I'm yelling and you see me cussing and so forth. Um, but I try not to. I only get to that when it starts becoming like very clear you're not listening to what I'm saying, yeah. or very clear that you're like on the losing end of stuff. And I'm like, no, we need to like, yeah, I need to get to, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fine, dude, it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst, man. Like, it's like, um, I don't know. It's it, it's like being. Um, you ever seen those like those like those ring things or whatever they call them, like the security cameras inside houses, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be like you're. It'd be like it'd be like you're sitting at your office and you have to stay at work 
and you have like two dogs and they're just yeah. tearing your house apart. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, stop. You're yelling through the thing. You're like, stop it. Stop it. And they're just like, nah. They're like, we'll deal with these consequences later and knocking over your big screen. You're like, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. It's like yeah. this, this like distance thing where you're like, you know, you could do something about it after, mm-hmm. but you can't do anything about it right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So your hands so are tied. Basically. You're just tired. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. You know, and it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, imagine it's like, you know, getting kidnapped and getting like tied up and they're beating up like, you know, somebody you care about. You're yeah. just like, quit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it's rough. It's it's hard. Yeah. So, so how is it <clears throat> when your fighter loses or like you see him get rocked? Just like, like I mean, it's nerve wracking. Your heart drops. Yeah. You know, when, when you see somebody like you, you've trained, you know, especially when you're with somebody for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you've just been trained, I mean, not to sound like this, but if you've just been training somebody a year, year and a half, that's one thing. You've been training somebody like four, five, six years. Like, you know them pretty well. Yeah, you they're know? like your friend. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're I would say they're more like your, it's almost like brothers. Yeah. Like, I, it's how I would describe it. Like you said, it. uncle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like family at that point because it's it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I mean, me and Max spar. You know, we've, we've been sparring off and on forever. Uh, yeah. We've done, you know, we've been, <laughs> I, it's similar to what I imagine the military is like, right? It's you go through these grindy things. I said this about Ryan, actually. I think I, I wrote this um, after Ryan passed away. And it was basically, um, you know, it, once you've really grinded yourself through something with somebody like that many times, and you've had that same experience that many times, it really bonds you to that person in a way that you don't get bonded to like a lot of other people. Yeah. And I think that's the same reason that like military guys have that feeling for other military guys. You know, if you had somebody in your platoon, let's say, and you're, you know, you're getting, even if you just get posted somewhere in Afghanistan and you're, you know, you're just working on trucks or something, yeah. I still feel like you're getting this unique experience yeah. that other people don't get. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think that you can get that, um, other ways and I and I in a lot of ways I think it's very very hard for and I, and I think that's something that's like almost exclusive that like males have the males or females have the females I think that doesn't necessarily cross as much um mm-hmm. it does since sometimes but I I feel like with again it, it almost makes it feel like they're like a, a relative yeah you know and um so it, it's like you guys can disagree you guys cannot like each other in a lot of ways there's people that I've trained that I, I didn't like. Yeah. There's people that have trained with me. It didn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. And, uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, you'll still see each other at some place and you'll be like, Hey, and you'll have a conversation. And then, you know, and when they, when they fight, you hope they do well and so yeah. forth. So, you know, I think it's, it's just something that's built up that, um, it, the average person can't understand unless they did it. You know, yeah. now it sounds like real, I mean, it makes sense. you know, but, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't want to get you in trouble at all, but like, how different is it training a female fighter versus a male fighter? Oh, um, I don't mind talking about that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the difference between like males and females generally, this isn't always the case, and this is going to be dependent upon if they did sports heavily through grade school, high school, and college, right? Um, I'll give you an example. I had a, a female that I trained. She trained... Um, she, she, she played basketball basically like her whole life, right? Um, she was on select teams, whole nine yards. She was in college, if I recall. She played in college. Um, when I got to her, it was like training a guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was no issue. Um, you know, if I told her to do something, she does it. You know what I mean? It's no, like, she's not, like, getting upset, so forth, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, and by the way, what I'm about to say um, afterwards, I'll explain this. What I'm about to say about females also applies to guys if they've never had these same things. I okay. think the difference is between them 
is that generally speaking, men are exposed to physical acti- like hard physical activities mm-hmm. sooner than females. And I think that a lot of females don't have that, that same activity in their life unless they had like a lot of brothers or, um, or they did a sport that was like pretty rough, mm-hmm. you know, which there's just not a lot of sports like in high school that are very rough for females. I think if you had a girl like let's say who wrestled on the wrestling team, yeah. you know, through high school, did like rugby, and, or yeah, rugby or something like that, yeah, and yeah. then they come in, it's a little easier, you know what I'm saying? Let's be real, yeah, because they're used to getting. It's two things really. It's it's the it's the impact that first time getting impact, you know, and you see this with like little boys, right? <clears throat> you know, there's some soft little boys out there, frankly, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they'll be like 11, 12 years old, and the first time, you know, let's say they're even 13. And, you know, their parents are like going to start sparring or something like this. And I don't do this, by the way, but you'll see like some gyms that'll just like push kids, you know, oh, yeah, just, you know, go out there, you know, and they'll get popped. And like the second time they get hit, they're crying, yeah. you know, um, you know, you see that even with little boys. But you see that especially uh, true with like women. Like, let's say you have a 23, 24 year old uh, woman who's never really had like a really hard um, impact of any sort in her life, yeah. you know, through sports or activities and isn't used to having somebody yell at them yeah. to do things correctly, and, you know, in a sport or activity. And then what happens is, you know, they, they come in, they do, you know, the basic classes and stuff. And then the first time they have to do like a blocking drill or they have to do a drill where they actually get uh, some hard impact and they're not used to it. They, they you know, they get that like shock yeah. and almost like, you know, like Ooh, and, you know, that, that shot of emotion and, yeah. you know, they'll be upset or crying and so forth. Um, and again, I deal, I, I deal with that with some guys too. Yeah. You know, you get guys that get hit once and they're like, Whoa, you know, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're just trying to get away from everything possible. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying you should want to be like, you know, head down like, yeah, I love it. But at the same <laughs> time, you know, there yeah. has to be a certain amount of just like, I understand what this is and it's not, you know, it, again, what's the average, if you think of this average person coming in and how do they describe fighting? You know, like, well, if I got in a fight, I would just throw like this and then I would do this yeah, and then I would do yeah. this. And it's like, that's not how anything works. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not you do this. It's I'm going to try to do this and this guy's probably going to do this. other. And it's like there's never any thought of the other person. Yeah. And I notice that a lot with people who are brand new and, and girls especially where they come in and they're just like, well, you know, they'll see a fight and they'll just be like, man, she looked terrible. I think I could, you know, kick her yeah. ass. And then they go out there and they get like stomped. Right. You know? And it's just like, well, you know, a little easier than, than you think. And again, yeah. I see this with young 20-year-old guys too who have never really been um, – Never really been checked, if yeah. you will. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, any other thing, the difference between uh, male and female fighters, in my opinion, is, and it, it just, again, depends. But the biggest thing is how you have to talk to them. Yeah. Um, you know, generally with guys, you can just be a little more, like, direct and blunt. Um, girls, it depends who they are, but you kind of have to play a little bit more of the psychological aspect. Okay. Where it's just got to be like, hey, like, um, it's how you present things is important. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, and everybody's different, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I have girls, um, that I train that I think have way stronger mindsets than guys that I train. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can just be like, no, you did this, this sucked. Like you, I could, I could do this to them right after they fight and lose. Like they yeah. could lose a fight and I could still be like, this didn't look good. This thing. Yeah. And they'll be like, yep, I understand. I totally agree. Is that hard to do you generally? Know? If like somebody say loses a fight, is it hard to like get it through their mind? You did this wrong. Or, <laughs> yeah. 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 It can be. Um, it depends on the fighter, mm-hmm. you know, this is the game. It, the older I get, the more I realize. So like, <clears throat> there's basically like two types of skills in life. There's hard skills and soft skills, right? Mm-hmm. Hard skills are basically like, um, I was good at fighting. That's an example. That's like a hard skill. Okay. I'm a decent artist. 
right? That's a hard skill. Um, let's say, you know, I don't know, like, you know, uh, Max is really good at working on trucks or cars or something. That's mm-hmm. a hard skill. You know, um, you're good at computers, let's say. Mm-hmm. That's a hard skill. Um, soft skills are like interpersonal stuff like this, like your ability to communicate with people and like, and, and do things of that nature, yeah. right? Um, more social stuff. And being good at like soft skills like this is important. I realize a lot more and it took me a long time because I, I have such like a, I don't have a knack for it. You know what I mean? It took a lot of work. Yeah. And, um, but my, my interpersonal skills have really improved over the years. And the reason it's improved so much is basically because I wanted to be a better coach. And um, I started to realize that if you can't, if you can't convince people to do things, it doesn't matter how good you are at coaching. It doesn't matter if everything I say is correct. If I'm, if I'm going to turn you off to everything I say right away, it just won't, it just won't get through. Mm -hmm. So again, it's that psychological game. You know, you're always playing that game with them, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of mind chess, you know what I'm saying? And it's, 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 it's very, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You started playing chess over uh, over that period. Now you're addicted, aren't you? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's crazy. But, uh, no, but, uh, so when you were talking about the, uh, hard impact, is that like a one-time thing? Like the initial, well, the. I'm saying the initial, like, I guess, shock. Yeah, you were talking about, or is that like every time you get it? No, it's less less and less. Yeah, exactly. It's built up. And and, and to be fair, like, you know, um, hell, I think the first time me and Max sparred recently when when he first uh, came back, it was a while back, but like, you know what I'm saying? He cracked me, you know what I'm saying? And I hadn't been like really hit in a while. Uh And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, and it wasn't fun, you know, by any mm-hmm. stretch, but it had been a minute. And I had that like later that day that like, whoo, you know what I mean? You have that feeling of almost just like, man, I got popped, you yeah. know, um, that's hard to deal with. And, you know, I, and again, I started pretty young and I, I have a lot of years of getting hit in my face, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, and still you can you can get it, you know, you yeah. can get that. But it's it's it is overcoming it, you know, and yeah. then, like in the Navy SEALs, they like tie your hands, tie your feet and throw you in water and, and like swim. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can panic and you can make it to where, you know, you drown yourself when in reality you can be just fine. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's kind of that stuff. It's like, you're going to get popped, but you also have to have that, like that, that hardened mindset in the back of you. You know, I always think of like, it sounds like such a weird metaphor, but I almost think of like your, your, your brain, like you almost have this, like this metal ball in there, if you will. And it's like, at the end of the day, no matter how much like things get bad, I know that like that center of me, that hard part of me in my mind, that really, really like dense part of me is just not going to give up. So mm-hmm. like, as long as I have that in me, I know that I can like push through things, you know yeah. what I mean? I'll, I'll blow out all four, you know, both of my knees and my elbows, you know, and, and, you know, get knocked unconscious and I'm still going to try. Yeah. And I, and I think the problem is that a lot of people don't necessarily naturally have that. Yeah. And I think it's something you need to build up. And I think some people get hit really hard and, um, they want to, they just quit. Yeah. They're just like, no, nah, I'm good. Which is fine. You know, modern day, you really don't need combat sports that much. Yeah. hate to be that guy. I coach, but I still, I don't at the end of the day think it's that necessary for most people. And I don't think it's for most, I wouldn't say for most people. I wouldn't say it's for everybody. And the, the, the level at which like um, Max does it or I used to do it or some of the guys that train there, it is definitely not for most people. You know, most people do not want to do 20 minutes of wrestling. Most people do not want to do 20 minutes of jujitsu. Most people do not want to do 20 minutes of live sparring. <laughs> I can promise you as much as you, you know, if anybody's watching this and they think, well, you know, I've never done it before, but blah, blah, blah. I can promise you, you really don't want to. I had, you know, I had two new guys <clears throat> try jujitsu the other night, really nice guys. 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? But they were gassed in five minutes. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Uh, you know, <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And it's, and it's brutal. Now they came back, you know, and they have a great yeah. attitude. So it's like, they're going to be fine. But my point is that like, um, you know, those guys were not in bad shape. They're both bigger dudes and they're both, they were a bit wiped, you yeah. know? And it, 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 if you don't have that mentality of like, yeah, I'm going to get beat up for a while, but I'm going to get through it. If your mentality coming in is, oh, I'm going to dominate, I'm going to dominate, I'm going to dominate, you're going to get a reality check. And most of the guys that think like that early generally get reality checked real quick. Real quick. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is they quit. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's with girls too, guys and girls, you yeah. know what I mean, across the board. So, um, so we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, compared to other sports, how important is like film study for MMA? I think it's pretty important. I think you can overdo it. <laughs> Um, you know, one of the things for me personally is <clears throat> I tend to think that amateurs can definitely over film study. Okay. And the reason is if like Max is fighting some guy and we look at like, you know, he has like 20 fights, let's say, and we look at all of his fights and we can kind of progressively see things. At the end of the day, you pretty much just got to go, okay, he's good at like these five things. Okay. And you're good at these five things. And then we just need to make sure that you're aware of those yeah. five things. And then you need to apply these five things that would work against them. That's 90% of fights. Yeah. That's you know, what, one, yeah. Of the, one of the things I tell guys, amateurs especially, think of, you know, I, I really believe this. Like, I used to do this for myself. Make a list of five things you want to do in your fight. And then make sure you do those five things. And you'll probably win your fight. You know what I mean? Nine times out of ten, you're going to win. You know, if you just follow the game plan of what you're trying to implement, you'll probably win your fight. You know? Let's say you're, um, you know, you're you're uh, a wrestler, and you got like okay jujitsu, not very good stand up. <clears throat> you're an amateur fighter, so you're just like, well, I want to be able to push the pace, right? High cardio, right? So that's one. I want to be able to like set up my takedowns off strikes, right? So you train that the whole time, and then you make sure you do it in the fight, and then you're like, okay, well, the other guy is a better striker than me. You know what I'm saying? So what do I need to kind of avoid that? Well. You need to avoid that by basically, you know, when you strike, you always show like you're going for a takedown after or you show like you're going for a takedown and then come up to strike. Mm -hmm. This way he's always in this series of feeling like he has to adjust for the takedown. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's an option. You know, just and you just kind of go down the line. I mean, I'm not going to make up like a whole game plan right now. But my point (laughs) is that, like, you know, you just got to write out, you know, five things. And it could even be simple stuff like um, make sure I stay calm and back, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that I'm, I'm mentally focused, you know. Make sure that uh, whatever I'm doing, you know, it could be goddamn. I did a lot of yoga to make sure I was. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever your thing is. But my point is, like, if you generally will do those five things and and implement those five things, most of the time you'll have uh, a successful fight. And I used to do that for myself all the time. And yeah. a lot of times it would be like three to four things that are like pretty technical, and then one thing that's more like a motivational thing. Okay. Like make sure that I'm, you know, doing X Y Z, or like make sure I'm mentally like in the moment or yeah. make sure that, you know, I, I told this to one of my other uh, people who fought recently and, um, you know, I was saying to him that I don't want you people who I think that fighting kind of benefits stupid people. And the reason I think that at times is because I think you can get too cerebral on what you're doing. So when you're very frontal lobe and you tend to think very far ahead on what you're going to do, I think it puts you in a scenario where you tend to think about the overall fight as opposed to like the next 10 seconds. Yeah. And so I was, I was talking to him and I was basically like, look, like you need to get in the mindset of like, uh, everything's a 10 second, you know, period. Mm-hmm. Like you just need to focus on these 10 seconds and then focus on the next 10 okay. seconds. Cause you know, some people can't be in the, in the, mo- like Max is really good at being like present. Like he is in that, that moment. He is just looking, he's, you know, 
he's predatorial, like in the cage, you know, not outside of the cage, of course, guys. Sorry, that made me sound bad. Just in the cage, guys, just in the cage. But, um, but that being said, uh, you know, he's, he's very present on what's happening. You know what I mean? He's very aware. He can, you know, he's looking and so forth. You can see when people are looking at the end of the round. Mm-hmm. Or they're looking at the end of the fight already. Yeah. You know, they go out there and they're already just like, okay, like I just need to do these things and blah. And they're just like, they're 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 yeah. elsewhere, right? They're not. To... You got to get them zeroed in on what's happening right this second. You know, not the before, not the after. Yeah. And I think that people who are a little more intelligent, unfortunately, have a harder time with that. Yeah. You know, because they're. So they're you call me stupid, Eric? No, not at all. <laughs> no, because here's the thing: it's I used experience. to be, I used to be really good at focusing in right on the moment as well. And I don't think of myself as a stupid person. I think it's just something you have to practice at. Yeah. I just think that if you are stupid, it's if I'm honest easier. with you, well, you know, it maybe not even stupid, but if you're just a little bit like dumber. You know what I mean? Like, or even average. Like, if you're a little more average, if you're very smart, I think you tend to think long term. I mean, this is why, you know, let's be real. You know what I'm saying? You think of like people who make a lot of money or think of people who make like companies. I mean, those things don't happen overnight. Those are long term endeavors, right? Mm-hmm. And those are generally smarter people to do that. Well, smart people tend to think long term, but they also tend to be bad at being present immediately here. Mm-hmm. And I think that it does benefit you a little bit if you can kind of be stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you can just make yourself a little dumb at yeah. times. Like yeah. like think more in that like pred- not maybe more animalistic is yeah. a better way to put it. Like you just gotta be more here right now yeah. than what's happening. And I think that's hard to do. And that takes practice. And yeah. you know, and some people can do it and some people can't. So basically have a have a game plan, like an overarching game plan. But like also be present. 100 percent In the moment. Yeah, you you know, your five things are great and everything. And but if you implement them, but they're not like You shouldn't you know, be thinking about them like no, during the No, fight, that's why you write them down. Yeah. That's why you go over them every night. To where it's second nature. Again, anything you can do to make it boring. Yeah. You know, I think I, I think I told you this, but yeah. like um the more boring your fight is, probably the better you did. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want things to feel almost dull by mm-hmm. the time you're out there where it's just like this is just the same thing this is nothing different it's just somebody i don't know that's it that's the big difference between the whole thing it's just a guy i never trained with that's mm-hmm. it um and i think if you can do that that helps a lot too that mental like feeling of almost like dullness when you fight mm-hmm. it used to help me at least and again it depends on how you are you know some guys like to really be in the movement moment be real loose like almost like they're showing off which i think is you know important if that's kind of your personality type I think for somebody like me, it was more just like, okay, business as usual, you know, and I go out there and we're just like, you know, I'm not looking to like not look good, but simultaneously for me, it's just like the W not even just the W it's just like, you see that you see the, uh, you see what works and then you do it immediately. Mm-hmm. It's just applying the correct thing at the right moment constantly. It's just doing that. It's like, you know, it's like a game of Tetris. It's like, you know, there's sh- there's this shape and it fits uh, here. There's this shape and it fits here. There's this shape and it fits so here. It's, and it's like, hand. you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just these very quick little tasks that you have to constantly be dealing with. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I think of, of dealing with fighting. It's just like this constant, like, small math problem, if you will. You yeah. know? And you're just dealing with these little things really quickly. And that's where being present is important because if you're thinking about... 15 minutes from now and you're getting these little, you know what I'm saying? You're, (laughs) you're almost like, you're almost multitasking. I feel like that's the issue. Like they're almost doing this multitask of like, I have to deal with this right now, but I also have to deal with this thing. And it's like, stop thinking like that. Yeah. You know? So what, uh, what advice would you give to an amateur fighter? Get into a good gym, get a good coach. Um, don't be lazy. Listen to what they tell you to do. Even if it doesn't sound like necessarily always the, uh, 
best advice, it's probably the best advice for you. You know, that's something that a lot of guys don't do is, you know, guys, if, you, if, you're, if you're 18, 19, 20, 22, you know, whatever, early 20s in general, and you have very, you know, I, I heard somebody say this the other day. If, if you're 20 years old and you're going to give life experience to people or you're going to give advice to somebody, who, you know, or you're going to argue with somebody who's been doing something for a really long time and they're significantly older than you, like, nobody cares what your opinion is. <laughs> like, straight up. Like, unless, like, it's, 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 it's all relative. Again, Max has been training for a long time, you know, even though he's young, right? Mm-hmm. So he has, like, a lot of experience, realistically, you know. So if Max gives somebody advice, even if they're the same age as him, he's technically, at least, if you want to look at it from the perspective of training age, he is yeah. much older than they are. Okay. Um, and wiser. And wiser. That's a good way to think about it. And so... When I tell somebody to do something or something they should be doing, and your immediately reaction is, and this one I hate, by the way. I know this is something that a lot of younger guys do, but it's the I know. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you fucking don't. You know what I'm saying? You've been doing it. That's the worst. Like, just in, I just hate in that. life. Like I hate that. I hate that it. Shit. I hate it. I hate it. But, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, listen to your coaches. Really, t- you know, try to respect the process. Understand that, like, if, if a coach does, um, here's another one. If you go to a gym and I, and you ask like how soon I can fight, that's usually an insult. But the second thing is, if they give you an answer of like two to three months, yeah. that's not the right gym. I can tell you that right yeah. now. Um, you should not be training places that are throwing you in with no experience and no background into fights in a, in a two to three month period, mm-hmm. just flat out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, <clears throat> what about when guys are like, they're like want to fight so bad and then. The coach says, like, no, like, don't fight yet. How important is that to listen to your coach? Extremely. Yeah. It's extremely. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, this, you know, I'll give an example. There's a guy who just came to me not too long ago, has a really pretty steep background in wrestling, wanted to know how, you know, how fast it kind of takes to, to get to those points. And, you know, and I, I basically was like, look, like, realistically, you could probably go out and you'll probably win your first uh, match. Like, I, re- I could probably get him in a fight right now. In an MMA fight, he's, you know, oh, no. And he probably beat the first guy he faced. Mm-hmm. He'd probably win, right? The problem is, you know, it's not quite like boxing or even kickboxing where you have these really, like, long pedig- uh, pedigrees uh, building uh, amount of fights, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like there's not as many, like, uh, like in boxing, like if you're turning pro, like a low amount of fights is usually like 50, 60 amateur fights, right? Um, you're not doing that in MMA. You know, a lot, a, a lot of fights in MMA is like 10, like as an amateur before you go pro. Um, so the thing is, you have this really fast S curve coming up to competition, mm-hmm. right? So this is the issue. Now you, you have your first fight. <clears throat> you win your first fight. Cool. Great with trains, right? So now you're on this little train up, right? And then you have your next fight, right? And it's maybe you win that one too, right? You know, you're a college wrestler. Who knows? You probably win that, right? Yeah. So then you get the next one. By the time you're like 2-0, and oh, you're starting to face guys unless you sell a lot of tickets and unless you have a lot of sponsors, in which case promoters will just bring you in and they'll bring in terrible fighters to, to lose to you. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> unless, unless you're that guy, what's going to happen is you're probably going to start facing harder opponents or you're not going to get opponents. One of those two things. So then you face somebody who's actually decent, can stop a shot, right? Or gets taken down and can get back to his feet and just doesn't get smothered for you know nine minutes. Gets back up, gets back up. You gas, all of a sudden, he's starting to beat the hell out of you. You take an L, right? Problem is now, you have three fights. It doesn't matter that you lost that last fight. It doesn't, they don't care. Now you're going to be facing other guys. You're just, you're still on this trajectory. You know, and I've seen this where, you know, you get guys who have 
lots of losses. And it'll be four and you know seven or something mm-hmm. like this. It doesn't matter, man. You're still facing that twelve and zero guy. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? So you know, in MMA, it's different. It's not. It's not. Um, you know, it's hard to get a a guy who has eleven fights. Uh, you know, they just look at the number of fights you have. I guess is what I mean. You know, at the end of the you know at the end of the day, they're going to try to just match you with another guy who has as many fights as you. And whether that guy has you know, a, a perfect record or an almost perfect record, you're probably, fa- you're probably facing a guy who has a lot of fights. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's why I think it's stupid to go out there right away and have a fight super quick yeah. and not be already built up with the idea that you're going to have four or five, six fights. Yeah. Because you should be ready for those first three fights to be easy as hell, especially if you're at a good jo- uh, gym. Mm-hmm. If you're not at a good gym, and frankly, like, losing your first amateur pr- uh, fight, in my opinion... In MMA, especially, it better be against a guy who's really, really good. Because in most cases, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and also, guys, like um, I'd say, like as an amateur, if you first time fighting, if you lose your first fight, it's mentally damaging. Destroys you. It destroys you. It does not. It it leaves a sour taste in your mouth for the rest of your. Until you start really so winning fights again, which is hard to get back in winning so winning fights if you already don't want to fight, you know. So like, I would say train well and prepare well for your first fight because I feel like that's one of the most like it's a stepping stone for the rest of your career or if you want to you know take it seriously. So like, I would train well and don't rush it, you know. Mm-hmm. Just a little advice from. I mean, there, there's guys, there's guys who are fighting for amateur belts in MMA that have four fights. Yeah. That should give you an idea, right? Twenty five percent of your career up to that point is your first fight. You know what I mean? Just for the sake of like understanding yeah. like how big your first fight is. So, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and and the thing is, like, I know amateurs. People are like, "Well, it's an amateur fight. It doesn't matter." And it's like, "Well, I promise you, if you lose that fight, it's going to matter right. to you. And if you win that fight, it's going to matter to you." Yeah. You know, if it doesn't matter that much, then why are you making posts about it on social media? You know. Right. And um, and so. Yeah, I just think like once you start fighting and once you once you're into it, you just there's no backtracking. It's mm-hmm. it's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they say the same for like comedy. Like, if you kill your first time, mm. you're always gonna remember that, and you're always gonna be chasing that. Um, but if you bomb, like, you're not gonna be as motivated. So I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm a bit weird. I've always thought about just doing an open mic and purposely bombing because it'd yeah. just be funny. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. <laughs> I go watch. I go watch. Damn, Eric. You feel like you need that? Like it's like an ego check kind of thing. I like ego checks. Yeah, I like ego checks a lot. I I think I think life isn't. I think it's important. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I I I think ego checking is probably one of the most important things in life, personally, Mm -hmm. because I think it simultaneously humbles you, but also instills confidence. You know. Um, Yeah, I mean. once you know stuff like that like you get embarrassed in front of a crowd of people you know going back to the fighting thing it's almost the exact same but like comedy right you go up in front of people you say a bunch of stupid things nobody likes you you get yelled at by somebody in the crowd maybe yeah you know like get off stage you know (laughs) whatever Mm -hmm. and um but it's it's kind of nice because when it's done you go yeah it wasn't that bad i survived it what was the worst that happened some people didn't like me right who cares you know and if you have like (laughs) at least somewhat of a strong mindset you're gonna like take the good from it and like i kind of secretly like when people don't like me sometimes <laughs> at least you can be real with yourself yeah, yeah i don't know like it because it, it reminds me like what is it there's a there's a term it's like there's there's riches in the niches or something like that like you're uh 
like you're always looking for your niche in mm-hmm. life, right? And you know, my niche is is teaching what I do, right? It's a very niche thing, you know. It's like <clears throat> there's not like a million MMA gyms, there's not a million MMA coaches, there's not a million whatever. Um, and so this is how I'm gonna try to make my money. But I, I do think that like generally speaking, the people who are like really famous are extremely liked by a small group of people mm-hmm. and hated by everybody else. Yeah. You know, and you can see this with like, you know, not to get political, but you can see this with like, you know, the Trump effect or you want to look at somebody like Kim Kardashian. I mean, you get like a certain group that are like, she's there, you know, and you get yeah. another group who are like, I love her, you know, I think you know, and it's, it's, <laughs> and it's all over the place. Yeah. You know? I mean, Kanye West, I mean, same relationship there, but like, right. you know, um, you know, people like that. I mean, for the most part, the people that you think of as making a lot of money that are very famous and, and very successful a lot of times aren't liked by, you know, a, a large amount of people. Yeah. You know, and, and I would say large as being like, I mean, realistically in life, <clears throat> if you are who you are, probably 30% of people aren't going to like you. Yeah. And it has nothing, just period. Yeah. The first time they meet you, they're just going to be like, you're just not for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't like 30% of people I meet. It's probably more than that, frankly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people who are annoying and stupid and, and think dumb things that I have no interest in, in <laughs> having conversation with, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, but that's life. You know, you just, you keep moving on. People are allowed to say what they say and think what they think. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's the joy of where we live. Yeah, that's what and makes America great, dude. Like, 100%. You, could, you could have those yeah. differences with people and... Mm. And still live in the same country, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, they could be your neighbor, you know. Yeah. They could watch your kids, frankly. Shit, yeah. I, I don't. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really big on that stuff. I think you know it's important to understand like not everybody's gonna like you in life, and that's okay. We don't have to be, you know. Not everybody's gonna be. Again, it's 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 like, you know, it's like what I was saying earlier about that first like time getting like hit really hard, mm-hmm. and you have that first like shock. Yeah, I think a lot of people haven't had the 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 verbal version of that in life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people haven't had that, like, that shock of, like, hey, fuck you. I don't yeah. like you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just being I don't checked. care. Yeah, just being checked. Like, everybody, everybody. I got checked a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got verbally checked, mentally checked, every version that you can possibly think of, right? Yeah. You know, emotionally, you know, in relationships, outside of relationships, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's important. Like you have to harden yourself like mentally and physically in, in all things. And I think that's an important thing in life, you know? And I think if you're not um, actively seeking to constantly be humbled in some format, yeah, you know, or embarrassed, I think embarrassment is good for you occasionally. I mean, putting yourself out there to be embarrassed is important. I think putting yourself out there to fail is important. Yeah. You know, do you think there's any billionaire out there that doesn't have a failure? I promise you that's not the case. Yeah. You know, unless, more unless, than a lot of people. Yeah. More than the average person. Yeah. You know, I know I failed. You know how long it took me to open a gym? I tried three other times, you know. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't a first time deal, you know. And yeah, and this, know you know, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't talk to talk about it much. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it, it was it was I went through the process with a lot of other people. I mean, realistically, if you want to talk about me actually just even talking to people and having meetings and like going through the processes, it's probably closer to six. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, it took a while to get to this point. Now, I probably could have done it earlier, sure, you know, and, and so forth. And, and that's life, you know. Yeah. I, you know, do I wish I had done this when I was 28 instead of 38? Yeah, yeah. you know, but... But you can't change you the You can't change the past. And, yeah. you know, not everything's going to be a perfect, like, straight line from, like... Success does not look like a straight line uh-huh. on a graph going like this. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. You know what I mean? Success looks like this. It's yeah. this shaky, you're going to be here sometimes, you're going to be up here sometimes. But as long as you gradually going up, it's just the gradually going up, man. So no, overall, you know, like look stocks, the, that's yeah, what you want. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel you on that because, like, I mean, even like I'm still in the process of it, but like, 
even doing the podcast, I mean, Max knows we've failed so many fucking times with like audio just being like fucking up the camera fucking up. Like, you, just, like you just do it. Uh, yeah. You just do it. Like this, I was listening to a podcast about this last night and people are just like, you know, you know, they call in for these different things. I actually sent Max one of these podcasts, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like I was listening to it and basically the, the guy's just like, well, you know, I don't know when I should, do you think I should be at this point before I do blah, blah, blah. And literally the guy in the podcast is like, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. It doesn't matter. You're going to mess up. It's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with failing. You know what I mean? Failure is, is the spice of life that makes life enjoyable. Yeah. You know, if everything was success all the time, you wouldn't enjoy it. Exactly. You know, right. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, why, why are people who are super rich, like, like silver spoon in their mouths, the most psychotic people you've ever met in your life? And the reason is because everything's fucking easy. Yeah. And when they get like even the slightest thing that's difficult, it's like, you know, a flat tire for like, you know, some silicone mom, you know what I'm saying? Is, is, is like the biggest yeah, earth three. shattering thing <laughs> on planet earth. Meanwhile, you know, your crane's getting bombed by Russia. Like yeah. calm the fuck down. You do you know? guys want to speak about that? Cause I kind of want to, I, I do want to ask you about that. I mean, yeah. uh, so I know with how close Ukraine is to uh, Russia. Are we talking politics? I mean, I, I, I really want to get into <laughs> we this. We can. I'm not, I'm not super informed on yeah. this, guys. It's heads up. I'll do my best. But go ahead. <laughs> not even politics. I, I mean, your opinion. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I do want to ask you this because it's like it could be Uzbekistan, you know, mm. like obviously. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, what's going on with Russia is so Putin is a. Soviet Union. He that's originally that's what he grew up in, you know. Yeah. To him, that's like his government. That's what he grew up in. And he comfortable. He feels comfortable with it. After uh, whenever uh, USSR spread, spread, uh, broke up, you know, mm-hmm. Putin felt like the country fell apart, you know. So he's like, I know he's Putin is like in his mind. I'm sure he's thinking like, all right, dude, like I'm gonna die soon. Like I'm. He's what 69. That's one thing I think about. Like now, if like we were mm. to go to war. Mm. And say there was like maybe enough casualties to where they did do a draft, like we'd be fucked, bro. You know, like I, I mean, yeah, the United States is a big country. Yeah, I think that's the thing that people forget. I mean, it's three hundred thirty million people that live here. You I know, mean, what I mean, college, college yeah. dropouts, prime <laughs> age. Like we're fucked, bro. I think, I think a lot of. I mean, <laughs> I got two more years. So I'm. <laughs> I think everybody. I think your opinion changes when it's your country. Yeah. I think it's hard to be motivated to. You know, the United, United States is basically an island, right? Yeah. You know, I think people forget that. Like, even mm-hmm. though we do, we are we are bordered with, bordered Canada, with Canada and Mexico. and Mexico, but like not to sound like this. I mean, Canada is never going to invade us. Mexico is never going to invade us. Yeah. We we have such a good relationship with those two countries in so many ways. I mean, outside of obviously like the immigration. Yeah. You know, being I was about to say place. Mexico already invaded us. Right? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, the, I mean, this. <laughs> I lived in. Trust me, I lived in Arizona. Uh, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, you know, the majority of, uh, like, the majority of people who, who from Mexico move to America think of themselves as American. No, you yeah, know what I'm saying. Sure. They're, you know, yeah. they're, again, what I'm getting at is like they're not, they're not like people who like come over from another country and then still think of themselves as the people from that country, yeah. which I always thought was. You know, odd. My dad's from Norway, as an example. He doesn't think of himself as Norwegian. Oh, really? Know? Yeah. So. Um, when did he leave? Pretty young. He was Pretty really young. young. Okay. Yeah. Um, young enough, he doesn't have an accent. And, yeah. um, oh, God. But um, that's kind of where I, I don't know, in that time period. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I think um, I think it's different. You know, if somebody tried to invade the United States, like, let's say somebody, you know, bombed, you know, Hawaii or something even. Uh-huh. Dude, we'd, 
smoke we'd yeah. be like fuck you yeah you know look what happened last time like a group of people that weren't even attached to a country hit a building yeah. <laughs> we're oh, just yeah, like we're gonna go to the middle war, east. we're gonna go to the middle east for 20 years you know it's yeah. like you know I, I i think you know as much as we we talk shit on like how soft everybody is and shit and stuff like that nowadays i mean the percentages of people don't you don't even have to have that many hard men in in a, in a country when you have 330 million people yeah. it only has to be a small percentage right you know and you still have a lot of people and then couple that with the fact that we technologically probably have the best military um, i don't think it's not probably we definitely do especially if you talk about the air force and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature have the best military on the on earth yeah. and you know i just don't i, think, I you know yeah i think about that too us, you know you were talking about like the technology and everything like uh I mean, advancements in, like, technological warfare. Um, think about that, too, because I hear, like, oh, 150,000 troops, like, on the border of, like, Ukraine, like, outside mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm like, that's just a lot of fucking people, bro. Like, from what? Bro, I saw a video of uh, my Russian troops were, like, driving on a road. Oh, yeah, that uh, convoy? Yeah, yeah, so I was like, I don't know where I saw it, but, like, I saw somebody commented or somebody captioned it saying, What's stopping like the some like in the United States to just go straight bombing straight because they were going all in one line. I'm sure yeah. they have anti air like. If, mm, yeah, you can. I mean, you can. I, mean, I don't think you realize. Like, I was okay. So, little backtrack on me. When I was in high school, I thought I was going to join the military. Yeah. I wanted to be either I was going to either join the Marines or I was going to be a uh, fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. The only reason I didn't end up doing those two things or even going towards the, the military at all was because of martial arts. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends actually went into the armed forces because uh, 9-11 happened when I was in high school. And he went into the armed forces and he came out. He was ahead of me. And when he came out and back... You know, the by the way, guys, recruiters lie. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. <laughs> recruiters are liars. Um, um, but they, uh, you know, basically were like, oh, yeah, you'll be able to do all that stuff in, in, in the military. You'll definitely be able to, you know, box, kickbox. You'll be able to do all these things. I talked to my friend. He's like, there's probably no way. He's like, they just fit you where you go unless you have like an extreme specialty. You're not mm-hmm. going to go where you want. And that's what kept me out. But before that, I was really, really into like um, aircraft and things of that. Dude. The stuff that this most of the stuff that they would use first. So the first thing they bring in with the Air Force in most cases are like your stealth bombers and your really high, high altitude mm-hmm. bombers, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to come in and they're trying to wipe out as much as they can before they start bringing in like more low flying aircraft. They would just they would just bomb the hell out of that with like a with like a B2 or like, you know, a, a stealth bomber or something yeah. like that or an F-22 or something that has like, you know, stealth capabilities. You yeah. know what I mean? And they wouldn't even see it and they'd be yeah. so high up in the air and going so fast. I mean. Dude, you know. those things like build speed. They drop a couple bombs, dude. Yeah. Those build speed as they come down. So but they won't, those don't even come down. They just yeah. stay at altitude and they smart. It's so bomb. odd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the bombs are almost uh, airplanes themselves. I think that's yeah. what people don't understand. That's why they're so expensive. I mean, yeah. These things fl- basically fly to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they can be down. like four miles away from you and hit you. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, know, I mean, Apaches, as an example, like Apache Hellfire, is going to hit you from two miles away, and those things don't insane. fly that high. Yeah. You know, it's a helicopter. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, what can a what can a stealth bomber that's basically at altitude where you have to have an oxygen mask on because you're so high up because yeah. there's no oxygen? What do you think that's going to hit you from? It's it's so, scary. You know. <clears throat> it's scary. Like the technology. They, this is this is one thing I feel like we have, but like nobody knows about. Um, I think in I don't remember what year exactly it was, but it might have been like 80s, 90s. There's this like thing. There's a law that like prevented 
basically like sad i don't i think it's like satellite like laser technology it's called like the star wars oh, the act. star wars program yeah, you know <laughs> yeah reagan i feel like yeah. that's we have that shit well i was actually gonna make the joke uh that really what's gonna happen next is we're just gonna be like doing this we're almost there to be yeah. honest like i think it was the uh i can't remember the airplane it's like an s some number it's like s117 or something like mm-hmm. that but it's the it's the crazy. I think it was the Blackhawk is what it was called, and I'm sure you've seen it. But it's like the one that has the super like long nose, and then it comes out to like yeah. two points and comes back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know you, you know, and they, they have it in movies all the time because yeah. it's cool as hell looking. That thing flies almost in space. Like it goes up so high that it basically almost breaks the total like uh, um, atmosphere. Yeah. you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And um, and the only reason they don't use it is so damn expensive. But yeah. it's really really it's an awesome airplane. It's like um you know engineering genius in a lot of ways yeah but i do really think at some point we're just going to be dropping bombs from space yeah because like why not you know what i'm saying so fuck, so, like the potential you know. damage that could happen well i just think it, it turns it into a scenario i mean you know we have satellites we have spy satellites you can go over the top of countries and you know <laughs> look in look yeah. in i mean if you're over the country you could also bomb it with that you know right. not saying we should do that but i'm also saying i think that at some point that's definitely going to happen yeah dude i think like we can do a lot now that i just feel like we don't because we have certain rules with war that we don't well, just morals well it's also escalation yeah you know there's yeah. a there's <laughs> this is going to be corny but there's a there's a uh, dr seuss book that's really really good and it's basically <laughs> um has to do with escalation and yeah. and essentially it's like you know, these neighbors get into an argument. It, it's been a long time, guys. I'm going to butcher this. But these neighbors get into an argument about something. It's like a fence or it's like the the way that the other guy's doing his yard or his house or something. Mm-hmm. And they just keep one-upping each other. And then it turns into like, he starts like, you know, then he threw like alligators over the fence because mm-hmm. it's Dr. Seuss. And then it's like, then he threw, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, he, yeah. he brought in a, you know, a fire truck and sprayed his whole house. And then yeah. at the end, like, basically the one guy has this little, you know, this little, like, looks like an m M&M, and you know what I mean? And he goes, this will be the final one. And then that's, like, the end of the thing. Yeah. And um, and basically, it's the kind of show, like, you know, at a certain point, when you try to destroy the other person so much, you end up just destroying yourself, too. Yeah. That's why, nuclear, you know, the collateral damage becomes so high. It's why yeah. nuclear weapons are the good example. That's It's a metaphor for nuclear weapons. Yeah. So. <clears throat> it's crazy. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. Yeah. But I do want to ask you, uh, if you had any advice for, like, young men in general, what would you tell them? I mean, I'm going to sound like a self-help book for here two seconds, but, um, you know, get on your ground, guys. Still focusing on women. <clears throat> That's a big one. Um, if you are young, you really don't need to, you know, young is relative. You know, I, you know, I would say the thing that people, you know, most people would think that 30 is still young. But to me, young is, you know, if you guys are in high school, you guys are in college, um, you know, in your early 20s. The worst thing you can possibly do is heavily focus in on women um, and basically break away from things that are going to make you better. <clears throat> you know, your whole life should be somewhat of an upward trajectory towards goals and things that you want for yourself. If you don't know what those goals are, do things you're interested in. You know, find something you like to do. Do it a lot. Get good at it. There's your thing. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think a lot of guys nowadays kind of do this mindset of like, I don't know what to do. I'll get a nine to five. I'm going to get a girlfriend. We're going to move in together really quick. We're going to have kids. You know, it's like there's so many like things that you should be doing before that. You know, you should set yourself up for success in life. You should be, you know, investing money as soon as you can. Um, You know, if you don't know what you're doing, guys, 
There's plenty of YouTube videos out there, but there's also, you can go to places that will help you invest your money for you. And you know, they'll take a very small, they don't make money unless they make money. That's right. another thing to remember guys. You're not paying them actually. They're literally just taking your money, investing it for you and then taking a percentage of that investment. So if you don't know what you're doing, do that. Um, you know, be as entrepreneurial as possible. <clears throat> you know, always put yourself out there to do things, guys, you know, and, and fail. Fail hard, you know, and fail publicly. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing. Everybody can fail by themselves. You know, that sucks. When you fail in front of a group of people, that really sucks, but man, it makes you stronger. And most people appreciate people that try, mm -hmm. you know, just in general, you know. If you're always the guy who's like, you know, you've met guys like this, where they're, they're just so concerned, they don't want to do anything, they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't, you know, so forth. You know, I've been like that in times in my life, believe it or not. So it's like, you know, it, it's important to put yourself in a position to fail and, and, and look stupid, say stupid things, you know, and, and experiment early and don't get into heavily committed things of any sort in your early 20s. There's no point. You know what I mean? There's very, very few things that you should be like locked into before the age of 25. Like just straight up. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then anything you have anything? Um, just try it. You know, like like you said, I just try. It. You know, like you don't know how the future's gonna play out. So, like every time you fail, you don't next step. You, next thing, next time you repeat it, you don't come in empty-handed. You you have experience of what you did wrong, what you need to do next time. You have an idea what you did. You know what I'm saying? So when you go do it again, you'll do better and better. You just need to succeed one time. So. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You, you can true. fail many times as you want, but you just have to be succeed, succeed, be successful one time. Then you be set for life. You know what right. I'm and then go check out uh, Yes MMA. Uh, where can they find you? Um, we have a website. <clears throat> That's one option. So ESMMAandFitness.com is our website that has our schedule on it. Um, I need to have a little more updated, but it does have our schedule on it. That's an active schedule. We have some photos and stuff on there. That's fine. But if you have social media, that's even better. Um, Facebook, um, you know, Eric Steenberg is the option. I'm sure you won't know how to spell that. So the other option is ESMMA and fitness also on Facebook and, uh, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Um, so I'm on all of those. There you uh, go. Yeah. Uh, one more question. Do you have like an end goal with this whole thing in mind? Yeah. I mean, long term, I really want to expand the gym. That'd be the first thing. I don't know if I want to make two locations. Generally speaking, like multiple locations isn't necessarily the best thing for a gym. It's usually just easier to get bigger. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, hopefully I would like to promote fights. Um, okay. I think that it's good to have a fighter promote fights because I think it's, you know, and especially I think I have a relatively good reputation in, in St. Louis, maybe not with certain people, but with most people. And, um, you know, I think most fighters want would rather fight for somebody else who's fought mm -hmm. than fight for somebody who, who hasn't because they don't really understand it. And, um, you know, I'm going to understand the, the issues a little bit more and the matchmaking a little bit more and so mm -hmm. forth. But that'd probably be it. And then, you know, my goal is to be retired before I'm 50. I'm definitely on track for that. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the podcast. We Absolutely, appreciate man. it. It was a lot of fun. Uh -huh. That's it. Hey, yo. <laughs> thanks for listening to the podcast uh if you like the podcast rate five stars follow us on at tkbo podcast on instagram uh we just made a tiktok follow us on youtube at the kickback launch podcast and uh you know fuck with the boys thanks for coming on we out <laughs>